Hello and welcome back to the 360 Perspective podcast with me, Trisha. It is another Thursday, um, another great episode and this one you guys are going to love it because the person that I have on here is one that I pretty much believe um, is going to, you know, just... Um, challenge a lot of you and just your journey um, of just getting to discover God and getting to know God. Um, yeah, but I'm grateful to be here. Uh, past couple of weeks have been something. I know the last uh, week we never had an episode. I was taken ill, but here we are, grateful for life, grateful to be alive, um, just grateful for so much. But anyway, I let me go ahead and welcome our guest for today, Karibu Sana. Thank you very much. Oh my goodness, I'm so excited to have you here. Well, you have no idea. Really? Yes. Like open up your brains and see what's going on. Oh inside. my goodness. I'm excited yes. too. The feeling is very mutual. This, yes. is, this, is a, this is an honor. Yeah, you know, I was looking forward to having you the week that I fell ill. And so I was like, oh man, it had to be that one week. Polisana. But I'm so glad that we're here. I'm glad too. Yeah, yeah. So I think I'll give you a chance to just go ahead. Okay. I don't want to preempt a lot on who you are okay. because I know your titles are quite many. But I call you um, Dr. Pasta. Like, can you go ahead and introduce <laughs> yourself? Uh, yeah, well, um, simple person. My name is uh, Anthony Mosuna. I'm a doctor, I'm a gynecologist. Uh, that's a female sexual reproductive health specialist. Mm-hmm. Um, born again, love the Lord Jesus Christ, here to give him glory through my little story. Mm-hmm. That rhymes. Yes, it does. <laughs> yeah, And uh, I mean, I'm, I'm here to literally um, just encourage somebody, mm-hmm. give you the story of my life. And I know everybody has a story, right? Mm-hmm. Everyone has them. This is, I guess, mine. And in some big or small way, I pray it's going to be a blessing to those who hear it. Mm-hmm. So, uh, nah, I, uh, I am a, a Anthony Wilson, as I mentioned. Mm-hmm. I was born in Mombasa. Mm-hmm. I came from... Uh, Lovely home. The Lord had me placed in a really, really good home. Grew up in Mombasa. My mom and my parents, my dad was a doctor. Mm -hmm. My mom was a teacher. Um, It was a great home. Um, You would say it's a Christian home. Um, Not the most serious practicing, but I mean, we feared and honored the Lord. And they laid some foundations, which Mm -hmm. the Lord built on uh, greatly after that. Mm -hmm. Um, That was in Mombasa. It was a beautiful town then. You know, Mm -hmm. not many people there. I remember the beach, you know. Mm -hmm. It was it was it was a nice time. Mm, not a bara. Uh, uh, no 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 sorry. Sin not a bara. Yes. Not a pwani. Hawakuwa na watu. Mm. Atukuwa na watu a bara wengi sana. So so your Swahili is the. Am I faded off? Na zakuiga niki 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 itarudi 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 too. Itarudi. Yeah. So I did grow up. I'm I come from a family of four siblings. I'm the third born. Two sisters, lovely, um, and then me and my my younger and only brother, who I love dearly. Um, some of them are out of the country. I am here. I am married to one Eva Mudoni Wasuna, and mm-hmm. God has blessed us with three amazing children: mm-hmm. uh, Michaela, who's fourteen, and then we have Abigail, who's twelve, and a little baby Mitch, who's the consolation of his mother, seeing that he's a boy. Yeah, he's eight. Uh, looks quite like his dad, actually. Really, yeah, he does. Oh. That's great. That's mm. great. Um, what a great introduction about just who you are and what you do. And I remember just uh, coming over to your office for right. the first time meeting you. And hey, I was like, who is this doctor who loves God this much? You know, and I remember you just unpacking and just sharing your story of salvation and just your love for God and just how far God has brought you. And uh, I thought to myself, man, I have to bring this guy to the podcast, you know, because I think for me, I was blown off by the fact that you can, you know, just be in your career. God can, can continue elevating you, you know, and at the end of the day, 
because I think in the corporate space we don't we don't like talking much really? about God. Okay. Yeah, I feel like in many spaces in the corporate spaces, God is is some by the way, you know, but he's not like the core main, you know, uh person in our conversations. And I think for me when I met you the first time I met you, I felt like Jesus was literally the core center of our conversation and I loved your testimony and I thought it'd be good for you to share your journey, your story, how you well, became a doctor and you know just how God has carried you through the different seasons of your life. Okay, so um this goes way back. I suppose you could say that uh, to him who matches uh who's been forgiven of much loves yes. much. Jesus said that and Christ to me my my life has been a celebration of I'd say the victories of God and the grace of God in my life truly. Now many people say that because it's just a thing to say. Mm. But truly speaking, I've seen Christ pick me up, mm. build me, mm. give me confidence and make me who I am today. Yeah. I owe him everything. So because I grew up in a the doc, uh, house of a doctor and uh, my uncles were all doctors and they are like high achievers and that's like high pressure right there. Yeah. Being the first son it was almost a given that I should be a doctor and I really wanted to be. And God gave me the gift to be a people person so I knew I was going to be a doctor, you know, mm-hmm. all through. So um secondary school KCSE we do our exams and I do well mm-hmm. but not exactly well enough to get myself into med school. So we had a group of people we used to read together and everybody got what they wanted in campus. I didn't. I missed medicine by one mark. Yeah. That was devastating to me. Yeah. Uh at that point in time I think I'd I'd kind of like given my life to the Lord in form 1 um to escape bullying, you know. Uh mm-hmm. the, the the form 2s who were in the fellowship the brothers were the ones who would save you from the bullies. So I thought mm-hmm. it's a nice space. Mm-hmm. And um I had given my life but from form 2 from 3 when I could survive on my own. Yeah. I wasn't exactly living for the Lord and I knew uh, the Lord was good. I knew it was the right thing to do, but I guess I hadn't grown. Mm-hmm. I was a baby Christian still in diapers so to speak, never grew. But I knew that there was a call in my life and I'll tell you why. There's one time I remember I had a dream. And in this dream, mm-hmm. I was kind of like in a restaurant situation uh, setting and there were dim lights and there was like you know the smoke that uh, it's um it's entertainment smoke. not cigarette smoke. And I said let me go and get myself uh, something to drink. I wanted a Coca-Cola from the bar. I never drank um mm-hmm. even even as a non-believer. I didn't mm-hmm. didn't come from a house that largely did so. So when I went, I looked up at the bartender and guess who it was? It was the Lord. And it's amazing because in the dream, mm-hmm. no one needs to tell you who he is. You just see him there. I remember he just looked at me and he gave me the Coke and he didn't say anything mm-hmm. verbally, but he spoke volumes. Mm-hmm. I knew he was calling me. But that wasn't enough anyhow. So that was around form 3. Form 4 I did my exams. Passed well. I told you I didn't get uh, what I wanted. I was called to Edgerton University to go and do a course in biochemistry, zoology and chemistry. I knew now that I failed to get, you know, what I wanted. Let me just go and haribika. Yeah. Huh? I said, "Ah, you know." However, before leaving to go to uh Edgerton University. I remember riding my bicycle in Mombasa and uh, because we lived quite near the sea, there was this little small cave I used to call my man cave. I'd, I'd ride right out there and I sat on the beach in this cave and I looked mm-hmm. out at the ocean which represented like the world to me because I knew this is the point where I'm now leaving daddy's house. I'm going to the big unknown. What am I going to be? And I believe God had enough traction in me to put enough sense in me for me to pray. This is a not so not so christian christian mm-hmm. a backslidden christian but this is what i told the lord i said lord mm-hmm. 
all I ever wanted to be was a doctor. Mm. But I've I've missed it. But if this is your will for me, I'll go. Mm. To edge it on you. Boy was it his will for me, you know? And that's just to tell you that yeah. even when you think you're like um the prodigal son mm. out there with the pigs, God is still working to bring about something good in your life. Because mm. God's going to have his way if you let him. Mm. So, I get to Edgerton. Would you believe, on the very line where we are lining to register, the person in front of me was a wonderful friend. He's called KK, Kamal KK. I got talking to him because I was friendly. We started chatting. And uh, that was my first friend that I, I met there. His friends happened to be his classmates who were, I think, from Kabarak University. And they were a whole born-again lot. So look at what the Lord does. The first crowd he yeah. has me begin hanging out with is the born-again crowd. Yeah. Now, I never knew that Christianity could be fun. I mean, these people would have picnics, they'd go out, and mm. started to hang out with them. And I wasn't exactly a very hard-headed fish, you know. You know, people look at um, going and, and witnessing to others, and sometimes you get intimidated, mm. maybe by their persona, their character, their aura. And uh, I wasn't a difficult fish, maybe because of the fact that I was like the life of the party, like that people used to fear, but I wasn't. Mm. Now, I remember one time we were in someone's room and we were chatting and um, one of us in the fellowship was really defending Christianity. Mm. Wow. And I listened to her and I said to my heart, I want that. Mm. It was such a defense of the gospel. Yeah. It resonated so greatly with me. I said, this is something to believe in. And that Sunday, I remember, Bishop came, uh, a visiting bishop came and I lifted up my hand and I gave my life to the Lord. Mm. When I, when I uh, went back home from campus, um, when the semester ended, I knew I had to find a church if I was going to survive because the fellowship was a nice, safe place. I wanted, I wanted the Lord so badly. Mm. The first Sunday, I asked my sister to take me to church. Uh, there was a local church. When we went there, it was closed. So I was like, oh my goodness, where do I go? So my lightning fast mind thought, let me get myself to um, Jesus Celebration Center. That's Pastor Bishop Lai's church in Mombasa. Mm -hmm. That was uh, like a hot church at the time. Mm -hmm. And despite uh, maybe some reservations from family, I insisted on going. And my goodness, I grew. Mm -hmm. I really, really grew. Mm -hmm. I learned how to pray. I learned how to praise. And my pastor, Bishop, taught us how to be radical for Christ. And that yeah. seed was placed inside of me. How to love the Lord and not to be ashamed. How to be bold. How to stand. How to pray. How to praise. Um, because Mombasa at that time was a difficult spiritual environment. Mm -hmm. But I guess he was one of many who the Lord used to break that atmosphere and, and usher in a lot of Christian um, ministries into, into breakthroughs in Mombasa. And so... I grew and I grew exponentially. The Lord gave me music. I love music. He had me put aside all my secular tapes. That was painful, but you know what? I love the Lord. Yeah. I got new music. I got Christian music. I got friends. And so I grew. But the question still raged in my heart. Lord, I want to be a doctor. Mm -hmm. That's what I want to be. So two years into my um, stint at Edgerton University, I remember walking around and I was so discouraged. And from the depths of my heart, I said, Lord, get me out of here. I want to do medicine. Mm. The Lord was in it. So I knew that my stint in Edgerton was to ground me as a believer amongst very, very good friends. Mm. Actually, it was also to introduce me to my wife, but that's another story. It'll come. Mm. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> you see, Mungu anakupangia. He really he, he's got the end from We're the beginning. Ahead, yes. So, I said get me out of here. Soon after we were in a, uh, a room chatting with friends talking about what we want to be in life later on. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned that I wanted to go and do medicine either in Uganda or South Africa mm-hmm. after I finish education university because I still had a dream of being a doctor. Mm-hmm. And my friend Simon Gidai looked at me and said, this was the voice of God. He said, I don't I'm quoting verbatim. I don't know what it is about what you're saying, mm-hmm. but I feel it's very close. That afternoon I got word from one of the lecturers who was a, a relative of mine. My dad had called him and said, "Tell my son Tony, that's me. Get his transcript, all the the stuff that you've done, get the transcript, provisional transcript. We're going to apply to Uganda." I'm like, "How did that happen?" Mm-hmm. Well, God works behind the scenes. Remember this story is about God working in your life to bring about his will, and he will if you let him. Mm. So, the story is my dad as a doctor in Mombasa had a patient who was Ugandan. And my dad of course mentioned to him I have a son, he's doing this and this but he wants to be a doctor. And uh, his friend from Uganda said, um, why don't we just I can go and get the admission forms. We just apply. You never know. Maybe they'll take him. Wow. Maybe what they'll see that he's done in in universities like a form 5 and 6 equivalent never been done mm. but remember god makes a way where there seems to be no way mm. so i get my provisional transcripts we apply and would you know i was accepted wow. like a joke that's makere or makere university to do medicine what i really wanted um i remember the day that my dad called me he was laughing he was really excited because um, him being a doctor i was the child was going to be like him and and do medicine his first son that was exciting for i suppose for any parent to see that your child or your son is going to do what you are what you did uh, become a doctor i lay down in my bed and i felt the presence of god those of you who have never felt the presence of god it's something i wish you would it's like a heat fell on me and all that i'd been through it just came flashing to me that lord you brought me here number 1 to humble me because prior to that I was a bit of a proud one. I mean, I come from a good family, doctors, I'm bright, I'm this and that, and then missing medicine and everything was a bit of a humbling experience. Mm. God has to get you to the backside of the desert, mm. like Moses leaving Egypt from when he was 40 to 80 to train him to the point where he will trust in God and not give glory to himself mm. for his own. And that was what God was doing. Mm. God grounded me as a believer, took the horns of pride off me and said, "Now I can work with you." Mm. took me to my career. Now, something interesting. I remember um in the years before um this breakthrough came, there was a prayer meeting at church. It was a lunchtime prayer meeting I used to attend. And a part of the prayer meeting that the gentleman who was leading it said, "God is I'm quoting. I remember God is in this place. Ask him for what you want." And I had mm-hmm. this big counter books where I'd write my Bible notes and I said, "Lord, I want to be a Christian doctor." And I put little box where a ticket on the day that I got called I ticked it wow. god remembered my little prayer cuz i told him i want to be a christian doctor i did not know what a christian doctor means well anyway i went through medical school i passed very well i normally tell people that i mean i used to literally read with the lord that's something interesting medicine is about discovery into what god has made And so it's medicine is not easy. I mean there were difficult terminologies and concepts and everything, but I said Holy Spirit, you made this, teach me. 
And I'd make Christian jokes out of what I'm reading, and that helped me remember. So I passed well. I had a good church, and it's important to get into a good fellowship wherever you are. Um, it was Kampala Pentecostal Church. I think it's called the Watoto Church now. With Pastor Gary Skinner, a lovely, lovely fellowship. And that helped me. That helped me cement, um, cement it. Another thing that, that the Lord did for me was to cause me to, to love worship. I think the Lord has a special place in his heart for our worship, and that has grounded me. So I loved music, so I started getting a lot of worship music and singing. My prayer language was singing. In fact, when I first got born again, um, and I didn't have any Christian music. Mm. All I knew was from the world, we used to sing love songs. So that's what I'd go and sing to God. I mean, this is crazy. This is a small Christian who doesn't know anything else but to sing a love song to Jesus. You know, like, yeah. shower me with your love. That's what I used to sing. <laughs> with time, it got better. I got to know the, the yeah. sights and sounds of the kingdom. But praise and singing and worship has always been my prayer language. And... Um, the Lord broke me so much that at the point where whenever I praise or pray, tears of joy just come out. And I told the Lord, never take that away from me because if ever those prideful horns are coming, if I'm easy, it's easy to break me in your presence, you can get me back quickly because I don't ever want to go astray. It's so easy um, when the Lord is lifting you up to get drawn aside, you know, how the Bible talks about the deceitfulness of riches and, and the pride of life. Things can just take you away. And I told the Lord, Lord, never take away the fact that I can break and cry in your presence easily because that's it's kind of like my covenant. You know how Samson had his hair covenant? Mm. For me, it's the fact that, Lord, I can break in your presence. You can always bring me back easily. Mm. And so when people see me in praise and worship and I'm in tears, I'm not trying to fake it. I'm not trying to cry for anybody. It's, it's just a covenant I have with the Lord that he can reach me because I, he took me from far. Mm. Restored my confidence when I had none. Talking about getting a wife, I think that's another step. You know, the two most important decisions in your life are number one, where you're going to spend eternity. That's the most important. And it had better be the Lord, the right Lord. There's only one Lord. That's the Lord mm. Jesus Christ who we are serving today, who died for our sins. And number two, who are you going to do life with? Mm. That's a difficult one because uh, look out there. Today, uh, as, as the Kanu, old Kanu song was, Taza meni matunda tele tele. everybody's looking, you know? Yeah. But are you choosing the one that God would have you? Because God can see the end from the beginning. It was always my prayer, Lord, help me choose a wife. And mm -hmm. through the fellowship, I remember, I was introduced by my friend John Mushiri to a wonderful girl who was Eva Wasuna, well, Eva Mudoni at the time, Eva Kimondo. I did not know she was going to be my wife. In fact, I used to go and talk to them about, when you guys get married medically, this is what to do to maintain a marriage. You know, I'm speaking as a doctor, if you know what I'm saying. I did mm -hmm. not know You're that she was going way. to be you know, well, it was 10 years later that my eyes were opened and wow. we began dating wow. and the Lord united us. Ladies, you heard that, 10 years. Yes, it was 10 years of being blind. You thought... majaribu. <laughs> yeah. So Jacob, uh, he worked for how many? 14 years? For, 14 years. 14 years. You were shy But this is, his eyes, his eyes were open. Me, my eyes were closed. The, the Lord opened up my eyes when uh, I had been in a previous relationship with Brooke and at that point in time, I told the Lord, now nah, I'm more going to date. Even if it means serving you celibate, it's fine. And in two weeks, she wow. appeared. Yes, and I realized she was a mature Christian girl, loved the Lord, came from a beautiful family, beautiful girl, and um, would see eye to eye on, on spiritual matters. And the Lord has built us a home. It's 17 years down the line wow. with three kids, wow. and he's still building us a home. And we've seen miracle after miracle after miracle. The Lord's standing with us mm. and lifting us. And you know, sometimes you might get the impression that I'm perfect. That's been, no, 
the gist of this story is that God can lift up an imperfect person mm-hmm. whose heart is for God mm-hmm. and get you out of every stupid trouble you put yourself in and bring you back here mm-hmm. and, 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 you know, and stabilize you. So yeah. God gave me a job. God yeah. gave me jobs. I remember I was in med school. Med school wasn't easy. I was uh, paying for myself mm-hmm. to go to med school. I was in government sponsored. That was tough. And at some point, I even felt like giving up because I wanted to just find work. I was married at the time. Find work and, you know, but God and my wife encouraged me, say, keep it on, you know. Mm. Before I even finished med school, I hadn't gotten my results. A job opportunity came for me to work at a certain hospital. Who does that? Mm. You talk about hustling for jobs. This is, I've known God to hustle for me. Wow. I've never had to hustle for myself. Just work hard and trust the Lord. You know, with the covenant of praise and worship that I had. And um, I got called and I started working for my, my first job. I was at the Nairobi Women's Hospital at the time, many years ago. I got this job and we needed it, really, you know. Um, and God began to build us financially. That's another thing that, that, that flummoxes lots of couples. When you start out, we started, we started out with nothing. My wife and I, we didn't have anything. In fact, I was in med school. We were living on, I can just tell you, we were living on 40000 a month. Mm-hmm. Tithing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> And uh, I remember the envelopes we used to have where it was budgeting, tithing and budgeting. You know those envelopes where you say, this is for bus fare, this is for everything, mm-hmm. you know? Let me tell you an interesting story because I've got to encourage you with the things that God has done. Trusting God for a car. I told the Lord, I want to take my wife when we're having our first child. I want to have the, the dignity and opportunity to take my wife to the hospital in our first car. I told him that. Amen. So for two years... I walked with my driver's license in my pocket because I was telling the Lord by faith. See, those who have cars have a driver's license. Mm-hmm. So I walked with my driver's license in my pocket for two years every day, going to med school and back, med school and back. I remember. By the time our baby was two weeks to be born, I got the job opportunity. And with that, we could take a loan. And I lie not. That car came two weeks before my wife went into wow. labor. And I remember... and. The company we got the car from from Japan closed up after sending our car. It, it shut shop and people's cars didn't come, but ours did. Wow. Did the Lord not protect us, our investment? Mm. You know? It was a good car. You know, normally um, people begin with small cars. It was a Toyota Camry. That's a kind of a biggish car. Mm. And I remember when I went to get it in Mombasa, I got scared. Can you stand to be blessed? I was like, Lord, am I going to be able to look after this thing? What have I just mm. done? You know? Sometimes the blessings of God can be scary for yeah, you. Yeah, they can. It was our first car. Yes. But God, I've seen him mm-hmm. every step of the way provide for us. Mm-hmm. When we're having our second child, I remember. Now, this is important. We pray. We used to drive in one car, mm-hmm. pray in the morning uh, on the way to work. Because mm-hmm. I was going to ask you, your life seems so perfect. Have you never gone through any challenges? Here, here it comes. All right. Uh-huh. So we were praying about... Um, our little baby, Abigail. She was 11 weeks in the womb at the time. And I remember my wife went off, not on a tangent, but very specifically to pray against the spirit of miscarriages. Mm. It's important to pray for your children in the womb, even before they're in the womb. Don't wait. Mm. Or as someone once uh, rebuked us, are you waiting for the devil to pray for your kids? You'd better pray for them. Mm. So she was praying so strongly against the spirit of miscarriages. And I remember saying, wow, that is, um, that's something. That day I was going for an interview for a new job at another hospital. So my phone was off. When I finished the interview and I put back on my phone, my phone back on, SMSs came from my wife. 
honey, call me, I'm bleeding. Mm. And I remember rushing to get her from her workplace where a friend of hers, lovely girl, had helped her out, you know, helped clean her up because it was really a mess, a lot of blood. Mm. And wondering, is my baby alive? And I remembered, you had a spray in the morning. What was that all about? Mm. Well, we went and grabbed her, went to t- do the scans and everything. And I remember the scanner went looking and he was reporting on everything else except the baby first, which is like how they first report. That's and cool. in my mind, I was screaming, show me my child. Mm. I was like, and he looked at me and he could tell from my eyes because they were blazing. He's like, oh, I'm sorry. And he zoomed in on the child and there was Abigail mm. playing like nothing ever happened. And we couldn't quite see where the source of the bleeding was. It had dried up. As the Lord would have it, I delivered that child. Now that's unorthodox for a doctor to deliver his own child, but the doctor was uh, not quite late, but my wife was quick in labor, like the Hebrew women who just deliver fast. Yeah. And I was the only doctor around. So this is an emergency. I just gloved up and literally received my own child. That was wow. really strange, but interesting. Um, Abigail is 12 today. Oh, she wow. loves the Lord too. So I, I could see, I mean, you know, the enemy wanted to take my daughter away. Mm. I always tell Abigail that you're a miracle that God protected you. Mm. There is something God wants to do in your life. Mm. You know? Looking for jobs, praying for jobs. I mean, God giving us this job after that job, after this job, after that job. As we followed the principles, mm. one of the principles that we set out to do early on in our, mm. um, in my Christian life was to give to the Lord. Some would call it tithing, giving. Yes. To ensure that there's a portion of what the Lord has given me to give to him. Let me give you another story. I hope you're okay. Oh, yes. All I right. am enjoying. <laughs> so um, when I finished med school, uh-huh. my career came back to Kenya. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have to find a place to do your internship. So we prayed and I, I got a, an internship in Nairobi, uh, in Kenyatta. Mm-hmm. Finished that. Then you're sent out as a medical officer to work before you can come back for your postgraduate. Mm-hmm. So I was, uh, I was posted to Mombasa, Coast General. Now, at that point in time, I started dating. That's the lady who became my wife today. It was a long distance. She was studying in the UK. So I was, I was in Mombasa. And I had to save up because I knew a wedding is coming. Uh, guys, save up. Okay? Right? So, uh, save up, you know? Not that Jesus said, behold, I go to prepare a place for you. So please prepare a place for her. So that when she comes, akute kuna kitu. Okay? Yeah, well, the lady said Do something. I mean, mm. it might not be heaven, but do something. Mm. Don't just do nothing. Mm. So I was trusting God for uh, a better job. And I'd been praying. So a job offer came. One of my consultants there offered, told me there's a job offer. And I was like, God has answered my prayer. Mm. <laughs> so I was to go for the interview. And I was going to jump up from literally 40 to this job, which was going to pay me another 70. Wow. So it was going to be 70 plus 40, 110. I'm like, that was a lot of money back in the day. Trust me. Mm-hmm. Okay. That was good money. Mm-hmm. So... um. There was a presentation I was doing in the hospital that took some time. When I finished the presentation, when I went to get the papers to introduce me to the job, the administrator was acting cagey, mm. like doesn't want to give me. I come the next day, he's not giving me. I found out that um, maybe a change of heart had happened on the, on the part of the person who was supposed to give me the job mm. and it had been given to somebody else. Wow. So you can see your prayer has, it's like it's been stolen from you. Mm. Now, you know, there are certain crossroads in your life mm. where you get to but the Lord is going to watch what you're going to do. Listen mm. to me carefully. It's called the law of first mention. What first comes out of your lips will determine where you're going to go mm. when you get into a crisis. Are you going to whine and mourn or are you going to speak a word of faith saying, I trust you, Lord, even in this? Mm-hmm. I remember going back to my room and I sat down and this is what I said. Quote, Lord, 
nobody in this world is going to make me rich. Mm-hmm. It's you who's going to give me every sh- single shilling and coin. It's mm-hmm. you who's going to prosper me. And so, Lord, for what they have done to take that job away from me, I forgive them. And I prayed a blessing on every single one of them. Mm-hmm. In two weeks, that's seven times to 14 days, another doctor came and told me of a job opportunity in Malindi and was going to pay me 150000 Wow, even more. Much more. I was the only candidate who was chosen, the only candidate who was interviewed, and I got the job, and I was living in a hotel, eating hotel food. Oh, wow. <laughs> and working in, uh, in Malindi. That was a precious time in my life. Malindi was beautiful. I watched, do you remember the, the legendary, the tsunami? Mm-hmm. I watched it come in from my window. I had wow. a flat facing the ocean. Wow. And so, I mean, and, and, and I don't say it happened because I'm the greatest, the best, or anything. But there is a principle that you will apply mm. that allows God the freedom to be God in your life. Mm. And that is, Lord, I trust you. I think mm. my scripture came out of the story of um, Abraham. Mm. And the story is after Abraham and Lot, Lot separated, the Bible says the Lord met Abraham and said, Abraham, I am your shield and I am your exceedingly great reward. reward. And a preacher mm-hmm. once told me this. He said he was saying, I'm your shield and I'm your salary. Wow. I'm your wealth. I'm your salo. Mm. So don't cry to men. I cried yeah. and said, Lord, you know what? You will make me rich. Yeah. Wow. And so the Lord has every, every single shilling, every coin I have, I literally know the Lord's name and stamp is on it. Mm. I've attributed to it. And I've partnered with the Lord in building his kingdom. I've endeavored to do so. Mm. And he has been very, very faithful. Mm. You know? Mm. Yeah. Oh wow. Oh my goodness. I'd love you to <laughs> I'd love for you to just keep going on and on and on. And How much time do we have? Um well, I think we should almost be landing, but we have a few more minutes. Okay, so I'm gonna talk about getting a house. Mm-hmm, <laughs> mm-hmm. Because I guess for everybody, you know, once you have the two maybe greatest investments a, a couple will have, mm-hmm. well, there's education of your children, but there's getting a house and maybe cars it's expensive. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about house. Um, early on in our marriage, this is probably about um, 11, 16 years ago, mm-hmm. we were at a Christian meeting, mm-hmm. and uh, I remember my wife, when she prays, she has a book, she'd write down her prayer requests. We were at the House of Grace Church, and there was a visiting minister, mm-hmm. and my wife was out of a job at that time, and so she used to do a lot of journaling and praying, and she had the time for it. Mm-hmm. So at this meeting, all of a sudden, um, the Holy Spirit falls on my wife and she's down and she's laughing away. And I remember telling the Lord, Lord, I've never made my wife laugh like this. Just give me leakage. <laughs> and the man who was leading the meeting, the, the man of God, came and stood next to my wife and said, there is glory, I'm quoting, over this woman. And I can see next to her there's an angel and the angel has a book open and this is the book where this lady, now my wife, writes her prayers. I'm like, Lord, this is out of this world. Who gets this? What have I done to deserve this? And he said, I can see what she's been writing. She's been writing car. That was the time we didn't have a car. And she's writing house. And then he said, the angel is telling me to tell her we have fulfilled it. We have already fulfilled it. Wow. Do you know, it was 10 years later on, we were living in a rented house in Lamata. And I remembered the promise of God where God had said we'd fulfilled it. But as it is with the things of God, just because God has given you a word, you kind of have to go and fight a good fight to get it. You have to have faith for it. Mm. So we didn't have faith for that mm. 
until one day I remember waking up on a Saturday morning, 2017, January, in Langata. It's an estate called um, Royal Park. Nice estate. Even getting that house was a miracle. But let me just tell you about getting our house. Forget about the rented one. And this is how you're going to get your house. I woke up and when I looked at the developments around us, because there were flats coming all around us, you know those flats where they can even see what's going on in your bedroom? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I told the Lord, Father, get us out of here. This was January. In one year, get us out of here in our own house, debt free. That was my prayer. In the course of that year, the Lord led me to very many men of God who would speak about faith. I learned many things. I learned faith is voice activated. Faith is based on the word. What do I mean voice activated? You have to voice it. Mm. You know? You shall say to the mountain, Jesus mm. said. You have to say. Mm. You see? So I learned faith is voice activated. So I began to voice out. I looked at scriptures that dealt with houses. Deuteronomy. The Bible says God will give you houses you didn't build yeah. and vineyards you didn't plant. I began to say it over and over again. Mm. And my faith for getting a house began to grow. The Bible says he'll settle you in your own place. The Lord mm-hmm. settles people. Settling where? In my own house. Mm-hmm. So my wife and I used to look at houses going up and about, and our faith was rising and rising. A friend of ours came one time, invited us to this estate uh, to see them, the friends from church. It was a lovely estate in Loresho. We went, we looked at those houses, and we were like, wow, these houses are so nice, but we'll never afford this. The Lord must have laughed. Let me tell you the end of the story before that. I'll tell you the meat as we finish. That's the asset we are in right now. Wow. All right, so in that year, the Lord uh, impressed in our hearts to, to sow. Our church was having a building or a fund drive for, for building a sanctuary uh, for the children, children's church. And I latched on and I said, Lord, um, if I build you a house, I know you'll build me one too. Amen. And so he enabled us to sow quite a bit. Mm. You know, there was a car I had. I love cars. We sold it. We sold that two cars, we did it. And I was like, Lord, you know what? This is such an honor to be able to give to you because I kind of know what you're going to do here. Mm-hmm. I know what you're going to do. Let me tell you, long story short, we saw this house. By faith, we decided we're going to put a down payment on it. on it. We didn't have all the money. We didn't. Mm-hmm. And this is to tell you that the things of God are not about what you have. Um, I also learned that faith is a universal currency. Mm-hmm. You better say that again. Faith is a universal. Faith can mm-hmm. be USD, can be rubles, can be anything you want it to be. True. Faith is, it can be, faith can be, I'm getting a wife. It's a universal currency. All you have to have is faith in God's word mm-hmm. because faith will, will produce after its own kind. Mm-hmm. So we did so. Mm-hmm. And around September, the house we were in, we were in the landlord was, um, was from the US. He called saying he wants his house back by December. Remember our prayer. Our prayer was into our house by deck. Mm. Then the landlord calls and tells us, you have to leave by deck. I remember my wife called me in a panic saying, then I said, our prayer is being answered. God said, so that's when we began to actively look for a house. So we did. So we had to raise money for this house. They wanted a 10% deposit. We didn't have 10%. So we gave a counter offer 5%. They accepted. We didn't have all the 5% either. (laughs) <laughs> so we gave them what we have but we needed about a million more we didn't have that money the deadline is coming the deadline is coming now I had a car at the time it was a small SUV it was a BMW SUV that I had bought um, you know those cars that you buy Shingo Pande 
okay? When I'd sold my previous car, the ones I'd sold, mm. there was a bit of money and there was a car. I didn't like it. I wasn't into that kind of car, but somehow it was the only one available mm. and I bought it. God had a plan. Apparently, there's a friend of mine who was also looking for an SUV at the time because I, I also, on the side, when I'm bored, I, I do bring cars. It's a hobby. So... It's a good hobby. She, she just mentioned and said... Uh, I want an SUV. And she mm. gave me her budget and I said, mm, that budget, you are not going to get an SUV from outside. It's much more. But I have one in case you want. She came and saw the car. She was like, wow. All my life I've dreamed about owning a BMW. An SUV. I was like, okay. This looks like the Lord is bringing it together again. Mm-hmm. And so she said, I'll pray about it. Mm-hmm. So she went and prayed about it and she came back and said, yes, I'll buy your car. We agreed on a price, which was the price it would take for the deposit of the car, mm-hmm. of the house. Yeah. And then she says this. She says, can I pay you in installments? I'm like, I need everything. I didn't say that. I need everything, not just installments. What am I going to do here, Lord? Mm. You know? But I just said, it's okay. Mm. So that's fine. We kept on praying. I lie not. A week to the deadline or thereabouts where our offer would be taken away from us. Mm. We need to pay off, finish off the payment, the deposit, I just see, it was like, not even a week, it was less than a week. On my phone, you know when someone has made a deposit into the bank? Pop, pop. And I'm looking, and she paid the full amount. And she called me and said, quote, I just felt in my heart, I have to give the full amount. Wow. The day before the deadline, my wife made the transfer. Do you know how you feel as a man when you can tell your wife to Nainge, we're going hey. to Jerusalem. You know? In other words, women don't like following a parked car. Do you know how nice it feels when you tell the Lord, Lord, umenifanya ningare? Yeah, it's you know? true. And on the day of the deadline, we got the keys to the house. Wow. We had also organized for a loan, by the way, from the bank because at the time we didn't have the money. Mm. And, but we, we had said, remember, debt-free? And that's where we are right now. Mm. In closing... The getting of this house for us, mm. I kept telling, uh, the Lord impressed to me, it was like leaving, the, the, the Egyptians leaving uh, Egypt, Exodus. Mm-hmm. You know when you leave Exodus, that's like leaving the, the rat trace where you're working for money, money not working for you, mm. okay? And you get your own house. God, God wants to get you to Canaan. But Pharaoh, the wealth system that wants to enslave you, even financially, mm. is not going to let go easily. Mm. And so the stint in the wilderness was between 2018 when we got the house till about now. Mm. You're paying the bank loan, bank loan. Now, paying a bank loan mm. is not easy. A mortgage is not easy. Mm. Do you know the, mor- the word mortgage has M-O-R-T, which means death? Those of you do not know. <laughs> yeah. But remember, God says, I'll give you houses you, you didn't build. build. Can God give you a house debt-free? That's mm. the part of the testimony we're waiting to be fulfilled. Mm. That's where we are right now. Wow. And we're waiting. The next story of our lives, I believe, will be the parting of the Red Sea. Yes. Where Sister Na Peter, uh-huh. God Nengia finishes, Kana. helps us finish that loan completely. Mm-hmm. And Pharaoh is buried in the Red Sea. Amen. And we are free. Amen. His children are free. Amen. And so that's the story of my life. Wow. Wow. That's really encouraging, quite yeah. inspiring. I think just uh, watching your just the different parts of your journey and just your trusting God the whole process getting into med school getting a wife getting a house getting jobs like getting all kids these, getting kids you know and just god being the center of that and that's really inspiring and i think even as we land this conversation i have two two questions yeah okay. two questions for you um the first one is i remember you know coming to your office and you are you know a medic um a 
gynecologist consultant and man i think once again i was super inspired by you know just how much you shared your faith and your love uh, for christ and for me i was going to ask like what motivates you um to share your faith with your with your patients or um how do you incorporate christ in your practice as a, a medical doctor the essence of christianity is not i'm walking with Christ but rather Christ is inside of you working through you. Mm-hmm. The Bible says I've been crucified with Christ. I no longer live, mm-hmm. but it's Christ who lives in me. Mm-hmm. This life I live, I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and died. So in other words, I'm a dead man walking. Mm-hmm. It's Christ living through me. That's mm-hmm. the essence I've come to know. Mm-hmm. That Christ is not so much chaperoning me, mm-hmm. but is in me if I step out of the way. He because he's the one who ministers and that's what I've endeavored the awareness of the presence of God in that as as a Christian you are a bible in shoes mm. wherever you are at the job you are a bible walking in shoes you the bible people are going to read mm. so literally get out of the way and let God have his way yeah. that's that's how i see it mm. and God has built my 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 strength and my boldness with time mm. and it was first scary how do we pray but mm. you realize that a lot of people when they sense that you care about them and you deeply Uh, you love them genuinely without mm. strings attached they'll open up to you mm. and you pray for them nobody is going to balk at a prayer that goes something like this lord jesus today thank you for so and so mm. it could be in the financial realm um use my hands as yours extended to be a blessing to this family mm. who's going to say no to a prayer like that mm. and that's what god wants to do god wants to show himself that he's so much greater than any other god of the nations mm. and 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 so to that I've seen miracle after miracle after miracle. Mm. Do we have time for a 30 30 second story? Yeah. All right, so I'm in the wards doing ward rounds and every morning I'd pray and say Lord Jesus, you know how you talk about unforeseen circumstances. Mm. I'd be like Lord, you have seen these unforeseen circumstances. So Lord, you know what? Guide me and sensitize me so that if there's any unforeseen circumstance, mm. you warn me and alert me in time as a doctor to pick it up quickly. even when other doctors might miss it blessed as they are because they are unforeseen circumstances mm. but god sees them so we do a ward round and you're checking every mother who's in labor one of them all the heartbeats everything is fine so i remember i went to write the notes mm. and i went to another ward and all of a sudden there was a feeling of foreboding that just came over me and i'm not settled in my spirit i'm not settled something is wrong you know it's like something is wrong mm. and after trying to ignore it i said lord what is it and i just felt reminded go and check that patient again one of them there were many that mm. one go and check mm. so i ran back to the other ward where that patient was and i told the nurse let's go and check that patient again she said doctor you have just checked everything's okay i said let's go and check mm. we went and exact the heartbeat it was going away it was going down to about 80 the heartbeat of the child normally it's between 120 to 160 so 80 something's wrong mm. we rushed into theater and saved that baby's life now you tell me that is because i'm a good doctor that that happened no I'm not a bad doctor. I did my job. I did the ward round. But there's a God who sees the unforeseen circumstances. And so Christ in my practice has helped me. Mm-hmm. I normally say it's the God factor that will give you with the edge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know? The Bible says and I think it's Psalm 119 verse 110 it says, "I know more than the ancients because I obey your word. Mm-hmm. I understand more than my teachers because God can give you an edge. It's the super over your natural that God wants to make you supernatural." You could be a businessman. God could tell you invest here. Achana naizo stocks, it's here. Wow. Why? Because he wants to live through you. Mm. You think he doesn't know which stocks are going to climb up? He does. Mm. 
And so working with Christ in your practice, wherever you are in your job, when you're driving, I'm, my children were laughing at me and saying, that, Dad, you're always saying, Lord Jesus, help me when I'm driving. I'm like, yes, that's why we've never had a crash, not because I'm the best doctor. Yeah, they have exactly. seen crashes avoided, so many on the roads. You know how crazy the road. And I'm like, you know what? It's because I put God first. I tell him, Holy Spirit, show me what to do. Wow, that's beautiful. Yeah. That's beautiful. Finally, um, I'd love to know what um, verse or what, uh, yeah, Bible verse has been an anchor for you. I know there are many, but uh, which ones would you say have been such an anchor for you in your journey and practicing, you know, as a Christian doctor? What, has, what have been some of the verses? That it's amazing. It's already just popped up. It's the blessing of the Lord, comma, it maketh rich, yes. and he adds no sorrow with it. Mm. One other translation says this, the blessing of the Lord, mm. it adds no sorrow, no, sorry, it maketh rich, and no amount of your toil can mm. add to it. Mm. There is a place you can get to in God mm. where it's working for you not because of who you are. Mm. It's his blessing. It's that blessing that was on Abraham, that was on Isaac, that was on Jacob. That blessing, the Abrahamic blessing, it's called the blessing of Abraham. It works for you. He planted in, this is Isaac, in famine and reaped a hundredfold. No water, no rain, but the crops grow. What is that? I want that. Yeah. I want God in my boat. Yeah. Amen. I want God in my boat. Wow, what a lovely way to land this conversation. Amen. And thank you so much. I think you're one of the um, few Christian doctors that I have encountered. And, you know, I met God first, you know, before meeting, um, you know, just the whatever else we needed, you know. And I truly appreciate you. You're a blessing to this generation. Um, and I, I know a lot of uh, people, I know um, this podcast is followed by a lot of ladies. And I'm pretty sure they definitely want to, you know, connect themselves or go see um, a Christian doctor, you know, as the, as part of their preference. And so I'd love for you to share your details um, if they need any services, whether it's childbirth, whether it's um, gynecological services, where can they find you? Um, well, uh, probably, is there a way you could put a banner with yes, everything? Yes, All right, I'm sure uh, all the details will be there. Yes. As a doctor, see, Jack Stucky could use could use that. Could use that. <laughs> but yourself. if you so feel, <laughs> if you're sufficiently charitable <laughs> enough to come, well, I'm sure that the, the details shall be, shall be given to you and uh, we shall see what God will do. Yes. Amen. I just feel I want to end by saying something. Sometimes you can see or you can hear a testimony like this and you think, Maybe it's happening to you, Dr. Wasuna, because you're so special, because you're this, because you're that. Mm. I want to belabor the point mm. that no, Christ loves you. Mm. He wants to make something of you. But mm. what he needs from you is your cooperation. Mm. Will you answer the call of God and say yes to him? Mm. Will you say yes to him? Mm. And being a Christian is not easy. Mm. I'm not saying that because you say yes to him, everything is going to work out immediately the way you see it. But you will win. God will, will stand with you. God will take you through. And God has a way of turning out, even whatever was negative, into a positive. He took mud and made a human being. And so don't be intimidated when you hear testimonies and think it's just working for other people because, no. Remember, I, I personally thought I was, I thought my life was over when I missed medicine. You know, I thought it was, it was gone. But it picked me up. Not because of my back. I'm not here because of my background, because of this or that. No, I'm here purely because there's a God who knows how to pick you up from there and take you to there if you cooperate with him. Amen. 
Amen. What a way to land it. Amen. Thank you so much for that encouragement. And thank you so much for tuning in uh, to today's episode. I really do hope that you've been inspired. You've been challenged. You know, remember, if you've not made that decision, what are you waiting for? You know, we're never promised uh, about tomorrow or even the next hour, the next minute. And so, um, yeah, being in Christ, it's it may be challenging, but it's the best decision that you can ever make for yourself. But thank you so much for tuning in. Would you go ahead and write in the chat comment section? Let me know what you thought about this episode. Uh, what are your thoughts um, from today's conversation? Whether you got inspired, whether you have a testimony you'd love to share with us, go ahead and do that. But thank you so much for tuning in. Remember to subscribe to this channel share it with your friends and your suckles and give it a thumbs up but until next time it is a goodbye from me goodbye